Hello, welcome to another episode of Chatbox Podcast. Today's music is called Woho, I Thought It'd Be Me and You, featuring Lily Hayne by Lionel Cassio. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Chatbox. It is Monday. Happy Monday. It's March. Spring forward. I hope you enjoyed losing an hour of sleep. How about you, Nate? Oh, disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> and if I edit this... Monday morning, as in tomorrow morning, because we actually recorded this the night before, uh-huh. and I edit the next morning or the night prior. I'm gonna be tired, dude. We've already lost an hour of sleep. What do you mean we already lost an hour? It happened last night. Yeah, it was last night, or well, it was two nights as of this episode being released. Oh, it did. It yes. already did happen. Yeah. Maybe that's why I was tired. Yeah. Today. <laughs> oh, I guess that makes sense. I just looked at my microwave clock in my kitchen and it says seven mm-hmm. and my phone clock says eight. Yes. Wow. Yep. Well, at least I don't lose an hour tonight. That's how I'm looking at it. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so much to win moving forward. <laughs> yeah. I was just telling my mom, I was like, Ugh, I'm tired. Thank God for smartphones. So I don't have to pay attention to daylight savings times and be an hour late for my flight today. Gosh, I know. Can you imagine when people had to track things (laughs) on their own? Yeah, that's terrible. You know, there was... Read maps on their own. yeah. I don't know if it was you, Nate, but um, Mm. I remember in college one time, I was trying to find someone without texting them or using my phone. Yeah, good luck. And yeah, literally, it was like near impossible. I was like, unless you already know what? how, like, where they live. Yeah. yeah. How did people? How did do people it travel back, back in the day? Right? Yeah. I think about that all oh, the time. I know. What? They had travel agents back in the day, so yes. people who do phone calls and set up routes and call flights and planes and set up everything. So then they'd give you an itinerary, and then you would follow the itinerary and give them a call if there was any issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, travel agents. Wow. And then also, like, I asked my mom once how. How did you hang out with friends? Like, yeah. did they just wait for you for hours if you were late, like not knowing whether you had yeah. died or something? Yeah. Um, and she was like, "Yeah, pretty much." Like, pretty much. You would then hope to see them around. Yeah, you would choose like a very specific <laughs> wow. spot to go. You'd have to be very specific about who was coming, and if someone mm-hmm. couldn't come, they'd have to phone like a home. Mm-hmm. And then before, like, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah crazy, right? That is crazy. Gosh, we live such a nice. <laughs> easy lifestyle it it's honestly so much easier with the i mean it's pros and so cons, much right? easier what's the pros con? and cons um i don't know that nobody can talk anymore today jeez <laughs> okay you don't see it as much as i see it because i work with like really young people mm-hmm. um but like ugh. The social skill sets are just not there anymore and it's, it's like the, the difference is like Five to ten years younger than us, just zombies. Everyone's just a zombie looking at their phone, you know? Well, think of think of your specific demographic, though. Yeah. Or, excuse me, demographic. What? I think you've I got a special, know. unique type of person that yeah. your specific In institution <laughs> yeah, attracts. So, yeah. I wouldn't look my at that. My pizza place is a Chuck E. Cheese's. <laughs> Basically, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> your pizza place right. attracts the Chuck E. Cheese type of person. Yeah. All right, we should uh, probably roll this music. We should roll this music before we do. Before we do, we have to shout out to Joe, who said he listens to oh, the podcast. Yes. So, Joe, <laughs> if you're listening, this is our first shout out to you. If you've heard okay, this, we gotta give... you can um, DM uh, us or 
to talk to us, whatever, but Yeah. We have to we have a had to give more context here. So Joe is one of Paula's work friends. Uh, I met Joe recently and he's a cool uh, guy. Joe says, Oh, I'm a big fan or whatnot of the podcast and he's only listened to one podcast. Yeah, we were like, Oh, you have like how many episodes do you use like a right, one, sort right. of. I've listened to half so, of one. <laughs> right, right. So uh, we're gonna put this he's a big fan statement to the test. Um, this is the first episode in which we're calling out Joe. Mm-hmm. Joe, if you're listening, you know, go ahead and let us know. Maybe we'll have you on on we should have Joe on the first first podcast after he realizes we're shouting him out every oh episode <laughs> <laughs> and then so just just for the record this is joe episode number one of Chatbox podcast <laughs> that we were shouting out joe yes. so joe All right. let's see how much of your roll the music on behalf the of music. joe Hi, Paul and Nate here. Welcome, Welcome to, Chat to Chatbox. Box. This week, mm-hmm. I, Nate, mm-hmm. is presenting his I'm uh, podcast on how to stay humble. Yes. That makes sense, that right? That was very good grammaticals. I thank still you. haven't gotten thank Wi-Fi you, you. in my apartment yet, so that's why the notes are Uh-oh. all off, all askew. I apologize. Um, does that mean I got to read you everything then? Yeah, 100. I can't see anything. You better hold on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wee. <laughs> Wee. Yeah, so Nate, tell, first, you, before you even oh. go into this, on a scale of mm. 1 to 10, how humble am I? <laughs> oh, that's difficult. You play this character <laughs> as if you're not humble, but I think you're pretty down to earth, oh, actually. Really? Oh, that's funny. Of course. What do you mean, oh, really? <laughs> I do, you know what, I do, like, okay, so a mm-hmm. little backstory. So mm-hmm. when Nate was visiting last week, I told him, mm-hmm. I told him that I was basically living in the closet. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, the space is so tight, like, all I have is, mm-hmm. like, a bed in there, blah, 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 all this stuff. I was, like, setting up his expectations to be really, really low. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, when yeah, he yeah. arrived, and, like, I had a desk, and I had, like, a little... I had some space. Um, he was so pleasantly surprised. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it ended up being like a positive experience as opposed to him thinking that I was living in a nice place and then being really disappointed. Right. And you I feel like my that's, expectations. Yeah, and it was a I clever like, strategy. Well, really was. It's how I've set up my entire persona as well. I make oh, myself I out yeah. to be like this trash, <laughs> garbage, terrible person. And like oh, who's terrible, though. so full of herself and all of that stuff. Uh, and then like... If people can kind of get past that, because one, it's like a barrier. So like, if you're not down to earth and cool, like, <laughs> or willing to give right. me like a, like a shot, then you'll mm. you'll be, you'll tend away from me. Mm. It's like a vetting process, and then once you get through, I'm actually like, I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> then I'm okay. <laughs> Jeez, Jeez, Louise. So funny. Yeah. On the opposite. On a I'm s- trying to. On a scale of 1 to 10 for you. Mm. 
Actually, what were you gonna say? I'm not gonna answer that. I think we shouldn't. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. I truly think we should. We should give ourselves more credit. Truly. Ourselves, like you and me, or the world in general. Think about how influential your own self-esteem is. I was thinking about this recently. Like I was thinking, like. I think I was, like, so much better in college than I am now. Um, but it was also because I was doing more in college. And, like, I was – I thought highly of myself in college. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of adversity I was going through or whatnot. But, like, I was I was doing stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, for that reason, I just, I just also felt better about myself, you know? I felt more accomplished after I was climbing all these hypothetical or metaphorical mountains and – I know in my life now, work is now such a essence of my life. It's such a large percentage of my life that mm-hmm. the influence of work is determining my own self-narrative or my own like self-worth. And so when things go bad at work, and it's not necessarily my fault, I also feel bad <laughs> because <laughs> it's such a large percentage of my life. And like I recognize... Out of college, I don't have much of a social life, so that's something I can improve on. I could probably improve on exercising or creating that as more of a daily habit. Mm-hmm. Um, my work-life balance, I know I could definitely work on. Oh, I yeah. could improve. Um, and so, I, you know, and so like I, I also make these self-pity, like I'm depressed jokes, yada, yada, <laughs> yada, and, you know, because comedy is my natural coping mechanism. Um <laughs> But what if what if I did like like actually viewed myself as someone who was capable or someone who could change their stars, you know, which I know I am. I I, I can be that person. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm just letting all these external influences dictate how I see myself. Mm-hmm. And when I don't see myself in a great fashion, um, then it just it becomes a cyclical uh, repetitive nature in which I go into a situation not thinking I have any control and then because of that I let the situation further dictate how I view myself mm-hmm. you know well, I want to get out of that cycle I want to I yeah. want to see myself as a champion every morning I get up yeah well first first things first like see yourself as a champion like that's why I think a lot of people right. go to meditation and like internal validation now like mm-hmm. that's becoming such a big thing on the rise because right you know even like me growing up like I always thought to myself like as soon as I get out of Michigan I'll be happy as soon as I get out of Michigan I'll be happy yeah, as soon yeah, as I yeah. get out of, you know and then I moved to um I was in North mm-hmm. Carolina for a while and like after the initial excitement like I was like eh. mm-hmm. and then same thing with Massachusetts eh. and then same thing mm-hmm. with New York um and it was really like right. kind of the community that even right. made me like New York. <laughs> yeah. There was like yeah. a really bad taste in my mouth for a while. Right. Um, and so it's like not a matter of like where you are, not even really necessarily a matter of what you do, although that plays a big impact. Like it's a matter of your mindset. Um, yeah. I think a big mindset thing. Mindset is everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like between me and my coworkers, like I know that everyone has different feelings towards what I do now. Um, but for mm. me, I'm like, I'm just so grateful in terms of mm-hmm. my trajectory and I've been in such worse situations yeah. at this job. Yeah. I'm like, this is easy, easy, freaking peasy. Right. Like, God, this is all I have to do. Sure. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Ah, amazing. And then I'm getting like so much more money. <laughs> for what <I'm> doing. <laughs> like, so many That's more funny. benefits. Oh, it's amazing. Right, right. So, yeah. so, so, so great. So 
yeah, it truly, I think you're, I think you have, you are a champion. You just got to see it. You got to play the mindset. And then see, also. That's, that's the funny thing, though. Unless you believe it yourself, it's not going to mm-hmm. happen. And you've got to, you know? yeah. And that is, that is my biggest weakness. I do not have self-confidence. I, I, I do not have a backbone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I know this. I know, I know this. Which isn't, I mean, it's not my greatest weakness necessarily because they also say your greatest strength can be your greatest weakness. Mm-hmm. So I'm also pretty good at empathizing with other people uh, oh, who are having crisis moments, you know, that yeah, kind of thing. You're exceptional. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm terrible at sticking up for myself, you know? Like, I have no problem if it's sticking up for other people. But if it's for myself, I just, I let people walk over me all over, you yeah. know, all the time. I think, have you ever heard of an empath? An empath, yes. I think you're an empath. My mom is, too. Mm. Like, you just feel things so much more than other people. Yeah. And it's hard for you to, to distance yourself from things. Mm. Especially when they're directed at you. You should look it up. I, I hate to say it, but I would agree. And I think a lot of my family members would also agree. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what gets me the most? What? When people do wrong things and I'm there to witness them, I feel so bad about that and I don't even know why. I wasn't even the one who did the wrong thing, but I'm just like, I get so irritated and frustrated when people do bad things and they're not held accountable for them. Really? Like <laughs> me existing? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> like everything Paula, you're I not stand a bad for. Person. <laughs> you're truly not a bad person. You're not a trash person. You're not a garbage person. You're a phenomenal I'm person. I'm just an alternative person. And people often associate alternative with trash. And trash (laughs) and garbage. Yeah, no, I fucking love myself Mm. if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, I have like, I have a dangerous, I call it my God complex. It's a dangerous sense of (laughs) self-worth. Can can I ask a favor from Mm -hmm. you? Can can your next podcast party, for my own sake, Mm -hmm. and for... um, Joe episode number four. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if he, if he okay. makes up that far. Do do a podcast party over self-esteem, self-confidence, God complex. Yeah. Actually, yeah. you know what? That's a great idea. Yeah. How that'd be useful to other people. And I'd also, I would also benefit. Your own yeah. God complex. God complex. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think you should cross a line necessarily and go into the ego land, but I think confidence is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I honestly, yeah. I think this is like my biggest cheat code in life. Mm. <laughs> my <right>. God complex. <laughs> but, but till along then, the lines of on the opposite of spectrum, getting yourself better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think. If I were to ever write a book, I would probably start with a similar chapter of uh, like of what we're about to go through here. Um, I thoroughly believe in breaking down um, all of your <laughs> ignorance and breaking down all of your false beliefs and denial and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, break break the reader down first and then build them back up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to restructure things, make sure there's space to fill in better and new habits, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I learned about self-defense coping mechanisms or self-defense mechanisms uh, in a psych uh, class that I took for the last class I had to take before I could finish graduating at U of M. Uh, this is just an intro to psych class, and um, I think, like, a part of it was, like, mental health or, like, mental, well, I guess it's all mental, uh, but a part of it was self-defense uh, coping mechanisms, and then I think it went into, like, mental illnesses afterwards or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought this was such a great activity. Um, because going through 
all of the common self-defense mechanisms, you can also reflect that back onto yourself and see where you use the same self-defense mechanisms in a way that you use it to avoid feeling a sense of guilt, a sense of shame, or a sense of you did something wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. And this is a really great exercise because it encourages you moving forward to take ownership and accountability for your own actions, which I think is a very core and essence good thing to do for any good leader or any good person in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And so I thought we would do this activity today. Um, uh, you can find these self-defense mechanisms literally anywhere you look. You can just type in self-defense mechanisms on a Google search and you essentially get all the same top ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Paul, I actually just sent uh, oh, an it. article to you. Yeah. Great. Um, this one is by Healthline. Uh, this one was written by Kimberly Holland, uh, February 11th, 2019. Uh, we're just going to go through like the brief uh, points or whatnot. Uh, we're not going to read the whole thing or whatnot. But if you want to check it out, we can also uh, we'll put links out to it, that kind of thing, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just go down the list. And I thought both you and I can back and take ownership um, of when we used every self-defense mechanism to cover up shame or guilt in our own <laughs> lives. Okay. We'll see where we end Fun up. Does that activity. sound good? Yeah. All right. Sounds Number painful. one, denial. Mm-hmm. Denial is one of the most common self-defense mechanisms that occurs when you refuse to accept reality or facts. Um, most commonly, uh, you'll always hear people say, oh, they're in denial, right? Mm-hmm. Um I think a lot of people will say or they'll deny the problems they have uh, and hope that they can avoid them, you know, run away from them, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Or they just don't want to take ownership for the action that they did do. Um, Do you have any examples in your life, Paula, where you used to Oh, yeah, constantly. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this is the sole foundation Uh, of my God complex. (laughs) Oh, is it? Well, here we go. We're going to break down your God complex and just turn it into a confidence complex. Oh, oh, yeah, totally. Well, denial, I think, I don't know. I think this is a great way to, well, it's not a great way, obviously, but Mm. it's like a, um, it's a great way to ignore your problems because it's literally ignoring your problems. Um, Literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, I guess like a good example would be in college when you were trying to break up with me and I was just Mm. like, no. No. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no. And then years afterward, I still continued to like be like, "Hey, <laughs> talk about denial." Um, I think that's a good example. I can't think of any other. Right. Other things. Okay, so I got one. Or like, if um, someone mistreats you, you know, your friend oh, who's like yeah. dating Where that they jerk. Said, like, you got love blinders on and you're not willing to actually look at the thing like abuse, for example, yeah, that's going on in your relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're in denial like, oh, no, it's not actually that bad, but it is actually that, that bad. bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a huge one. That's a big one in so, denial. Uh, I remember in college, um, after college, I thought I was going to go backpack Europe. Um, and I think like holistically, that plan was just a really, really big cover up of me not having a plan after college and um i think like if anything it was me trying to run away from my problems right Mm. um i recently saw like a lot of movies where the main character gets up and goes on this wild adventure and they discover themselves you know etc etc um and then they come back and everything's fixed but, like, as a college student, if you get up, you go backpack, and then you come back, you're still going to be unemployed. <laughs> Nothing's changed. <laughs> you 
You know, it's like, that's like, it's like the classic millennial, like get up and run and go run away from your problems. Yeah. Just deny any problems you have, you know, I was definitely in that category before. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, there's one that we both do. The second one is (laughs) (laughs) repression. These are unsavory thoughts, painful memories, or irrational beliefs that can upset you. So instead of, uh, excuse me, instead of choosing to face them, you may subconsciously or unconsciously choose to hide them in hopes of forgetting about them entirely. Ooh. I 100% do this. Yeah. Like, even just with my last roommate, that's the biggest reason. I moved oh, recently, sure. everyone, to yay yeah. for Paula. Yeah. Um, my last roommate uh, was really toxic. <laughs> yeah. But he was also subsidizing my living situation, and so I was, ch- I was choosing um, mm. financial gain, uh over self health yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> living in a good um place so that's repression mm. there are also like childhood trauma memories that i definitely like repress mm. uh you and i were just talking about this that like i hate talking about like certain political things because like I no yeah sure because i just it's just it's so painful fancy for you yeah <laughs> yeah just, right right i just shut it off right um you know how, like, people always look back at, like, old social media or old photos or old vi- videos of themselves and they just cringe and, like, mm. they just rather not look at it or, like, delete it and, like, make it go away? Mm-hmm. Um, I think of that, especially with me, with how many videos I made from high school through college. There's a lot of videos that it's, like, it's just very painful to watch. <laughs> and, like, I just don't watch them anymore just because, like... I'd just rather not. I'd just rather forget about them and forget ever thinking I thought that was cool at the time. <laughs> they're not bad videos. I also think back. For like, like our really... listeners, they're not bad videos. Oh. Like he's just oh, self-critical. You, you haven't seen the archives yet. You have not seen the archives you, yet, Didn't Paula. you show me them the last time I was around? Not all of them. Oh. oh. <laughs> what um, could he be hiding? Repression. Uh, I also think of like bad dates you know that or like even like <laughs> things you're involved in that just like i don't know like past fights or something like that where you just like felt really stupid or something so it's just easier to ignore it and pretend it didn't happen mm. bullying bullying as a kid um oh, you've repressed that is those. definitely some repression yeah wow. of course i mean who wants to always think about that you know yeah mm. hmm. i'm running away from some area of self-growth if I would have just faced everything going on there. Just... Yeah. All right. Oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. Number three, projection. Uh, <laughs> some thoughts or feelings you have about another person may make you uncomfortable. If you project those feelings, you're misattributing them to an, uh, another person. For example, you may dislike your new coworker, but instead of accepting that, you choose to tell yourself that they dislike you. So you see in their actions the things you wish you could do or say. Oh. Interesting. So I think um, something here, I, I usually swap the two, projection and displacement. Displacement we'll talk about next. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's where you get, you're angry about something and you take that anger out onto someone else. That's displacement. Projection here um, is, is a little bit different here. Um, interesting. Yeah, projection. I That's interesting. It's like, um, it's like victimizing yourself for In feelings that you yeah. have. Right, right. Uh, I don't think I've 
you put back the negative negativity that you th- you think you're sensing from a person or a thing or an action or something like that. Yeah, I don't think I've done this one. I'm pretty mm. confident when I dislike someone. I'm like, ah, I dislike that person. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of like other examples maybe throughout my life. Like, um, like at times I've had feelings like other people disliked me, but also like right. I've never. I've never let that stop me or, like, intimidate me. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm I don't know. Have you ever done this one? Oh, this is, like, classic politics. American politics. For example, you may dislike your new co-worker. For example, you may dislike the opposing political party. But instead of accepting that, you choose to tell yourself that that political party dislikes you <laughs> instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do. <laughs> Oh, well, here it goes. <laughs> Maybe I do do this one. Uh, mm. I don't know. I don't have any like specific examples. Let's see, mm. but I might just need some time for some self-reflection. Mm. See truly how how terrible bad of a I person am. You are. I know. Right now, I'm like two for three, at least. <laughs> Probably two point five for three. I I would argue projection as well. I even if you can't see it you know consciously right now you can just think about it i think like this is something that everyone does you know what have you it's, it's like petty petty drama kind of done? stuff you know yeah projection wise um maybe even in our relationship mm. do you think mm. Mm. i don't know this one's a harder one you are right I think maybe, maybe, well, maybe it was displacement. Okay, let's just move on to displacement. I don't know. Number four, displacement. You direct strong emotions and frustrations toward a person or object that doesn't feel threatening. This allows you to satisfy an impulse to react, but you don't risk significant consequences. Mm -hmm. A good example of this um, is getting angry at your child or spouse because you have a bad day at work. Mm. Um, I remember uh, after... So for people who don't know, I like grew up in an abusive household as soon as my mom sure. like, and my family sure. kind of escaped from my dad. Right, um, right. There was like, obviously we were all like, wow, we're free. And then like the trauma right. like got back to us. <laughs> like we were all like, right. our defense mechanisms were out of control. And um, mm. my mom definitely had some displacement uh, issues mm-hmm. that um, affected us. No, sure. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure I've definitely used displacement before. Um, uh, I guess like a good example. Um, I'm sure I've used, I'm, I'm sure I've done displacement mm. on like specific people, but like more currently, mm. like if I'm frustrated with something at work, mm-hmm. I will um, displace my frust- frustration out on like, something else like in the gym right. or like right. in my diet or I don't know somewhere like where I can just be frustrated and like let it vent so it doesn't like hurt someone mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. but I definitely I, I think I've used it before well fun fact that's you're actually leading into a different self-defense mechanism but like oh. uh, my example of displacement um <laughs> oh man <laughs> this is gonna sound really silly I was a nervous anxiety wreck as a kid Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember fifth grade, um, I really liked my fifth grade teacher. And, like, the idea of going to middle school was really, really scary, going from elementary school to middle school, you know. Mm-hmm. And so graduation was coming up, and, like, I had a lot of um, issues with change. Like, I had, like, 
um, disconnection issues or whatnot, you know. Um, and so uh, with my fifth grade class coming to an end, and like it was the night before graduation, um, I was really familiar with the routine and knowing my routine was going to be thrown off and uh, I wasn't ever going to see my fifth grade teacher anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, emotions were running high in little boy, <laughs> little boy Nate. And um, I think it was like the night before I was eating a granola bar or something. And um, this is actually kind of stupid. But, <laughs> uh, my sister comes down and she says, uh, I, I don't know, I don't even remember. Oh, she like made a comment saying like, you need to eat more food. Like you're so skinny or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and like, I literally like do like a panic. Like I do like a meltdown. Like I, I scream back at my sister, stop pressuring me. And like, I throw the granola bar <laughs> across the kitchen and I just run upstairs. <laughs> It's like, even though, like, I was just, like, such, like, a mental and emotional wreck as a kid, um, I just, like, yelled at my sister and ran away. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) After throwing a granola bar at her. Oh, my Um, gosh. It will forever remain an inside joke between us two. So, like, anytime we ever say, stop pressuring me, or we have a granola bar or something, like, I'm going to throw this at you. (laughs) That's what it references to back from 2004, 2005. Wow. <laughs> Poor yeah. little Nate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Displacement. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Number five. Regression. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Um, some people who feel threatened or anxious may unconsciously escape to an earlier stage of development. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, adults can regress. Uh, adults who uh, struggle to cope with events or behaviors may return to sleeping with a cherished stuffed animal, mm. overeat foods uh, when they find uh, that they find comforting. You know, like if you're a little kid, you eat a lot of ice cream, mm. um, or begin chain smoking or <laughs> chewing on pencils or pens. Uh, also, avoiding everyday activities because they feel overwhelming, as they would to a kid, for example. Oh wow! Yeah. I've never even heard of this one, but I feel like I probably have, mm-hmm. I probably, you know what? I probably do this with, um, texting. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, um, <laughs> you and I, you literally just experienced me. So I like to text when there's like, only when there's an overflow, like after a certain amount of people have texted me, I'll like go through it really quickly and I'm boom, 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 mm-hmm. done as if it's like mm-hmm. this big task. And then like right. people start responding back right away and then I, I'm like oh god yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I put away my phone till yeah, I don't respond yeah right. till I can like respond again or until you remember to respond <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know it's I think you know. um kind of like acting goofy or silly like comedy is a natural coping mechanism for me but it kind of falls right into this line though too like um, if something ever seems too extreme or too adult-ish or too um, intimidating in that sense, if you make fun of it like you're a little kid again, it doesn't seem as bad, you know? Mm. Um, oh, yeah. Anything to, like, cut tension. Yeah, just to, like, you know, make it seem bearable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that might be, you know, one. Yeah, I so. do that too. Right. Interesting. Regression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a new one. Mm-hmm. All right, number six. Go for it. Rationalization. Some people may attempt to explain undesirable behaviors with their own set of quote-unquote facts. This allows you to feel comfortable with the choice you made, even 
if you know on another level it's not right. For example, mm. people who might be angry at coworkers for not completing work on time could be ignoring the fact that they're typically late too. So this Ooh. is like hypocrisy. Right. Hmm. It's kind of like justification for <laughs> wrongdoings. Yeah. I feel like I... You know? trying to justify yourself even though if it's not correct yeah i feel like in terms of hypocrisy like everyone is hypocritical like you're always going to be your own hero in the story and you're always going to think other people are doing you harm or being worse off so like i probably Mm. definitely have done this i think it's like it goes with the idea of self-victimization people because they can only see situations from their direct um, line of thought. They can only see it from your own perspective. It's easier to rationalize from your own uh, perspective what actually happened uh, or what is happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for that reason, you only feel when you get hurt, um, but you don't feel when your actions hurt other people. Um, so mm. when you feel hurt, um, you don't even take into account if the action that you did or the action that did occur hurt other people or hurt the person you're interacting with too. So for that reason, you gen- generally speaking, think of yourself first. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're angry because some coworker didn't get something to you on time, you felt hurt from that um, without any regard to maybe your coworker's out sick and they can't work right now. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe your coworker just got dumped the night before and they're having a hard time focusing today, you know, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. And so instead you might say, well, they're just stupid or they're, you know, a bad worker and that's why they didn't get it to me on time, you know. Mm-hmm. And you make these justifications that um, – validate why you feel upset (laughs) i think funny enough on the opposite spectrum our last hot topic on toxicity Mm. like uh what was it gaslighting where someone makes you question your own reality it's interesting that like rationalization is a is a coping mechanism in in terms of like you set your own facts and you solidify Mm -hmm. them but -hmm. on the other hand gaslighting completely undermines that and makes you question it Mm-hmm. I feel like out of out of all of the coping mechanisms, um, this and projection are the ones that I don't relate to as much. Uh, although I do mm. probably. Right. I definitely do it. <laughs> yeah. This next one I I relate to 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, sublimation. This type of defense mechanism is actually considered a positive strategy. Um, but uh, it's people who... Um, use this, uh, they redirect strong emotions or feelings into an object or an activity that is appropriate and safe. Uh, So for example, uh, for me, if I ever get mad, I go running a lot and running really just gives me time to think about situations, but also the physical exercise in itself releases endorphins in my body and just lets me just kind of like relax and just like let all my stress out on the road, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. So... I definitely do this as well. Um, mm. Exercise, yeah. Challenges, yeah. Goals, right. all of that. I also think like right. uh, this falls into self care as well. Like sometimes mm-hmm. if I've like been working really hard, I'll treat myself to a bath. <laughs> 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 you know, or go to the sauna right. and just right. like chill. Um, mm. Or like it's a it's a form of escapism almost. Right. You know. They have examples here like kickboxing or exercise, or you could funnel and redirect the feeling into music, art, or sports. Yeah, like you know? definitely my whole life for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my work ethic 
for sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like just right. struggles in my life, like, I've always been really um, motivated because mm-hmm. of the struggles. So I would, like, throw myself into, like, productivity because I knew that that way mm-hmm. I could escape my struggles. <laughs> right, right. Um, not just, like, short term, but also long term, like, working right. toward a higher goal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We're going to skip the next one just because uh, we're running short on time here um but we'll do the last two there oh but this one's so interesting okay fine reaction formation people who use this excuse me defense mechanism recognize how they feel but they choose to behave in the opposite manner of their instincts so a person who reacts Mm. this way for example may feel they should not express negative emotions such as anger or frustration they choose to Mm. instead react in an overly positive way so killing people with kindness Mm. um i feel like you definitely do this Mm. um you just suffer silently (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and continue going about your business as if nothing were um, harming you. I I was working in a butcher shop before, and one of the guys I was working with, absolute asshole. Mm. Um, he was just ripping into me real bad one day, and um, I remember like it just like got to me one day so bad that he left, and I had to clean up for like the last you know two three hours or whatnot. That I decided to do like an overly great job just like in spite of how he made me feel it's like mm-hmm. i was feeling like crap but like when it came to customers like i was doing like the best i could help with as many customers as possible you know mm-hmm. um just because of that or whatnot but um that's probably just jealous of your work ethic Oh, I mean, and that he probably no, like, saw people treating you better than they treated of, him. There's a lot of lot of wrong things with him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over it now. I, yeah, I'm I'm over it now. But I I recognize, you know, that was one strategy I did internally. Yeah, reaction formation. Uh, I think I mm-hmm. probably do this um, when people react strongly to me. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously, like as I said earlier in this episode, I. <laughs> I tend to tell people worse of me, so when I'm not mm-hmm. a crappy person, they're like pleasantly right. surprised. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but sometimes it does backfire, and people expect me to behave in a certain way, and I don't. Um, and then they lash out, uh, and then mm-hmm. I, I tend to I don't like react in the opposite. Rather, I just like kind of let them vent, and I'll kind mm-hmm. of validate their. Ex- their feelings or their experience right, and right. depending on the situation and a, and appropriateness of this situation mm. I'll I'll move forward either very professionally right. or um or sympathetically right so I don't think yeah. I I don't think if I'm feeling something people typically know <laughs> right right I'm not smart enough for reaction <laughs> formation <laughs> So that's Jeez. the one I probably don't do. Uh, this, this is an interesting one mm-hmm. coming up next year. Uh, compartmentalization. Uh, separating your life into independent sectors may feel like a way to protect many elements of it. Uh, for example, when you choose not to discuss personal life issues at work, you block off or car, car, oh, sorry, compartmentalize mm-hmm. uh, that element of your life. Uh, this allows you to carry on without facing the anxieties or challenges while you're in that setting or mindset. Hmm. This is interesting. I you do this. I call do this, this. I call this boxing. I got my separate boxes of life. I have my personal life box. I have 
I have friend box, I have romantic <laughs> relationship box, I have my family box, and then I also have uh, my work box. <laughs> <laughs> and you never cross boxes. You put people into their boxes and you keep them in their boxes. You never let them cross <laughs> from into other boxes. <laughs> so that way if one box is just absolutely destroyed, it doesn't destroy the rest of your boxes. Um, which I recognize is not healthy. It's a very structuralistic way to live, but it's also it reduces a lot of drama <laughs> that's really interesting i feel like i'm opposite oh yeah i love skewing all together i love yeah. it i love blurring things um yeah Ooh. i don't have an example See, for this for me i got the perfect example for this mm -hmm. so i hate professionalism okay. i hate you have to have to act a certain way i hate the responsibility that's behind it you know i feel like it's the killer of creativity and personality mm -hmm. um just because i care too much and so i do act in a much more professional demeanor mm -hmm. in front of my students um, even now i feel like my language and how i speak today um, has been largely influenced because of my quote-unquote two and a half years of professional work so far <laughs> um, compared to how I was talking at the end of college, you know, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, so like one aspect, like I keep work very separate than my personal life and like I, I don't ever want those worlds colliding because I want when I'm able to walk away from work to go ahead and relax, chill out, be funny, be goofy, um, and not let that misrepresent who I am in that work role, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't do that at all. <laughs> <laughs> there are no boundaries when it comes to me. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm what? Uh, I'm seven for nine. Seven for nine. I, I wasn't keeping track for myself. I think I'm but seven for sure, nine. you're seven for nine. Okay. Number ten. Intellectualization. When you're hit with mm -hmm. a trying situation, you may choose to remove all emotion from your responses and instead focus on quantitative facts. You may see this strategy in use when a person who is let go from a job choose to spend their days creating spreadsheets of job opportunities and leads. Mm hmm. Hmm. I think this, I don't know if this is really like a coping mechanism. I think this is just like a smart move. <laughs> a smart move. Someone who's like, someone who just lost their job decides to create a spreadsheet of job <laughs> opportunities and leads to move forward and begin. I think, I think they're trying to move on. Like rather than face the despair of being fired, they just go immediately into finding a new job. It's like, mm. It's like a rebound, like rather than getting over the breakup or being dumped by someone, oh, you dang. go immediately into another relationship. Oh, dang. Okay. You yeah, know? I've definitely done that. Um, <laughs> I mean, that might be like a different aspect because it has to do with more like your social and emotional uh, health and well-being. But like, like rather than dealing with the sadness and being sad for however long you need to be sad to cope with it, you choose to skip all the coping and look right into you know, your next relationship or moving on, that kind of mm. thing, you know? So it's almost like a yeah. type of repression, but instead of just repressing the emotions, you mm -hmm. replace that repression or do you guise it under well, uh, productivity right. of some sort? I think, I think like that's one form of it, like in a strategy. I know like I use this all the time, like talking about sensitive political things. Mm -hmm. 
I, I try to remove my emotions from it as much as possible because I just want it to be all logical and factual, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, in that sense, too, I also try to keep my passion out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, understanding when you get really, really vivid or really, um, sorry, livid, that's what I meant, uh, and angry and all that, um, you know, that, that can just turn into an unhealthy situation. But also, it's, it's easier to argue facts and logic um, than it is to be vulnerable and explain why you passionately have the viewpoints you have and like mm-hmm. the feelings you have over topics because I can get real deep real fast and it's purely coming from yourself rather than um, what science says, you know? Hmm. Yeah, intellect- so. intellectualization. Yeah, I feel like I uh, probably do. Th- I think, you know what, maybe instead of, um, oh, what was the other one? Uh, you know, if someone mm-hmm. is having, like, an outburst instead of, um, what was it, like, displacement or whatever. Right. Like, I feel like I probably intellectualize the situation, and that's why I behave based on, like, right. what is best in the situation. Like, if it's right. a professional right. situation and, say, like, my boss is yelling at me for something, I will, mm. I'll probably sit there and take it and, like... Mm. I'll make a case oh, sure. for myself and I'll be like... It's like you respect the hierarchy or like this is your boss. You yeah, know? I'll, you know, I'll do right. whatever will cause the least amount of waves. Um, right. And I'll obviously like state my case and be like, right. listen, I really appreciate, like I'll validate, I appreciate you like speaking to me about this um, from what my understanding was at the time, blah, blah, blah. Um, like I'll make my defense. But of course, right. now that I see it from your point of view, I do understand like the severity of the situation and it will not happen right. again moving forward. Right, Thank right. you for bringing this to my attention. Right. <laughs> <Ta-da>! Professional <laughs> Paula kicking <Ta-da>! in. <laughs> um, as opposed to someone who is like reaching out to me on a more personal level. Um, no, say sure. they feel like angry or betrayed with, I don't know, something I did, like, I'll be like, listen, like, I understand where you're coming from, and again, validate your feelings and experience, however, like, from my point of view, like, this night went this way, and, right, like, right. I told you that I was going blah, 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 and you had my number, and you could have called me, <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> right, right. Like, Rather than saying, you're a piece of shit. Exactly, yeah. Like, like I want us to have a happy, healthy relationship, right. um, but if right. this is how you're going to behave, I don't know if this is best for me now. In the future, like, I would like to see us um, become close again, but maybe for right now it would be best if we right. don't speak for a little bit. You know, like, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Depending on the situation. <laughs> So it sounds like you also do this one. Yeah, so I think so. So we can mark so. it down as an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. That you recognize of these. Yeah, I think so. So the big thing about this is that generally speaking, when we use these self-defense me- uh, mechanisms, it's generally spoken uh, or it's generally done unconsciously. Um, it's not really something that we consciously think about. It's just like it, immediate things that we do uh, to help us avoid a negative emotional feeling or shame or guilt or something that would... Um, uh, you know, inflect something wrong within ourselves or something bad that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what's really cool about this is that once you learn these self-defense mechanisms and, like, if you really study them for a bit, you can start recognizing 
within your own behaviors when you start doing these things. Mm. Um, and rather than run away from the problem, um, like for denial, for example, you can recognize, okay, I'm trying to run away from it. I'm trying to ignore it. I'm trying to pretend it's not a problem. You can say, okay, this is denial. This is obviously a problem. I have to face this. I got to take ownership. I got to, I got to figure out how to, you know, actually take care of this. You know, I have a question. Are all defense mechanisms, um, kind of on the same playing field in terms of like, you're not taking ownership. Cause I feel like some of the, some of these defense mechanisms are like really kind of healthy for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like even just like delay, like when so on I, the outside, yeah. they might be healthy, right? Mm-hmm. But like on the inside, it's because you're avoiding negative feelings with uh, what you would normally feel um, mm-hmm. if you weren't applying that mechanism. Yeah. So like, go ahead, but like give, ter- give an example. Yeah, like in terms of intellect, intellectualization, like say my boss sure. does go off on me and I behave very yeah. professionally and then right. I go home and I go deal with those emotions um, in the privacy of my own home. Like I feel like that's... I mean, if you, if you deal with those emotions like better. sublimation, uh-huh. like you decide to go run or you decide to go exercise, that's very healthy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there are, um, or maybe because you're ignoring that you are having problems at work and doing the intellectualization process, um, maybe you're denying in combination with this that you hate your job. You know, <laughs> you know, and you're just being professional because that's what you've been told to do all your life or whatnot. So maybe that's like a big thing that like subconsciously you actually hate work. Um, and so you just like you wouldn't be able to do work without boxing um, mm-hmm. every day after work. You know, if you had to box every day because of work, you might want to rethink what's going on at work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and like see if there's anything that you can do within your own control to prevent that uh, from happening. You know, now obviously like there are some things out of your control. And if it is out of your control, and of course you always have a choice when it comes to work, go find a new job, you know, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, try to resolve it else. Um, why is there another way? Yeah, interesting. Uh, well, all of this is very important, obviously. Um, I think we have to wrap it up because we've gone over like yeah, 12 yeah. minutes. Um, we'll obviously touch base back in on Thursday right. for Chit Chat Box. So any final thoughts? Go through them. Uh, see what self-defense mechanisms you do for yourself. Uh, and when you do that, recognize what is the action or what is the thing you are failing to take accountability for or ownership for. And then next time you see that happening, actually try to do something about mm-hmm. it. When you take ownership of everything, you will live a much happier and more successful life. Hmm. All right. Thanks, Thanks for tuning in. in. Make sure to follow us on Jabbar Podcast, Yogan Amazon, and any social media platform to see your questions or challenges featured in the show. Finally, if you would like to support this podcast, please leave a review of the show on iTunes and share this podcast with your friends. And with that, it's either going to be a great time or a great story. See you next week on a chatterbox. Bye bye. Fantastic. <laughs>